0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello, everybody. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. And we're going to be going Greek for this episode. We're going to be talking about the word metanoia. And as the title says, you can't be Christian without metanoia. But speaking about things that can't exist without something else, this show, Clumsy Theosis, is only possible because of the donations from listeners like yourself. And for that reason, I want to give a great big thank you to our most recent donors. I want to thank John, Paul, Tony, Louise, and David. Give them a big thank you also. Maybe include them in your prayers today. If you have found value in the Clumsy Theosis podcast, please consider making a donation. Just head over to my website, clumsytheosis.net, and click the word donate in the menu. So in the last episode, I announced the launch of my weekly email list. And folks on my email list, they receive an email on the day that a new episode drops. And this is huge because many of us have had that situation where our podcast app kind of glitches out, and it doesn't send us a notification of a new episode, you can forego all of that drama and all of that heartache by signing up for my weekly email list. Plus, everyone who's on my list, they get insider tidbits. And in my next week's email, fingers crossed, by next week, I'll be announcing the launch of the first ever Clumsy Theosis merchandise line. So it'll be a limited release, like an online pop-up store And well, those people who are on my list, who are on my email list, they will be the first people to have dibs, kind of as a thank you. So if you are interested in any merch or having insider tidbits or getting the episode sent directly to your email, then what you need to do is sign up for my list. And you can do that by going to the show notes of this episode. I put a link down there. Click on the link, hit subscribe, or you can always just head over to my website, clumsytheosis.net, and it's right there on the homepage. But back to the topic at hand, metanoia. You read in the title that you can't be a Christian without it. And that's a pretty big deal, if you ask me. So what is it? How do we apply it practically? And what does it mean for the overall picture of our existence? Very important questions that we are going to cover today. Now we're going to start with Jesus's public ministry. When Jesus first began his ministry, what message did he preach first? It was the message of Metanoia. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. This here is the summary of the Christian life. But of course, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand is the English translation. Here we see that the word repent is being used. But in the Greek, and the Greek is important here because the gospels were written in Greek originally. So in the Greek, instead of the word repent, Jesus uses the verb for the word metanoia, and that verb is metanoeu. And the reason I bring this up and point this out is because repent doesn't really do justice to what Jesus was calling us to do when he was talking about metanoia. So let's look at repent really quickly. Now, in Hebrew, the understanding would have come from the Hebrew word teshuva or teshuva. And it would constitute a return or a coming home. So let's say that you're walking along a path and you realize that you're walking in the wrong direction. And so you stop and you do an about face, right? You do a complete turnaround, like a U-turn, and then you walk in the correct direction. That is an example of what repent means. If we want to put more flesh on this example, think of the story of the prodigal son, He had gone out on his own to live in his own way, and lying in the mud with the pigs, he realized, I need to stop living this way, and I need to return to my father's house. So the meaning of repentance, when we look at the traditional Hebrew understanding, it's lovely, but again, it's not as rich as metanoia, and in a way, it kind of implies that it's only an outward action or a habit based on something that we thought or an idea that we had. Another word that we try to use in order to translate or to explain metanoia is the word conversion. It's not uncommon to hear that metanoia is a change of the heart or metanoia is a change of life or lifestyle. And in a way, I I totally understand that because the etymology, meaning like the meaning of the words that make up the word metanoia, you have two words, meta and gnosis. So meta means after or beyond. And gnosis refers to perceiving or thinking or understanding or knowing. So together, when we take these literally at face value, metanoia is a way of thinking or seeing that is beyond or a way that comes after the way that we are currently thinking about something or seeing something, right? So our thoughts or our point of view have underwent A conversion, right? We're now thinking about them differently, seeing them differently. However, metanoia is more than a point of view, it's more than an attitude. Metanoia is more than a philosophy, it's more than than an action or a way of thinking. Repentance and conversion, these words we try to use to explain metanoia, they don't depict the fullness of metanoia because this is what metanoia actually means. This is important. If you remember nothing else, remember this. Metanoia is a spiritual paradigm shift. Metanoia is a spiritual revolution. I like that even better. It's a spiritual revolution. Also, metanoia is only ever brought about by an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. It's not a thought that we come to on our own. It's not a decision that we make by ourselves. This is only ever prompted by encountering the person of Jesus Christ. And this is left out of a lot of explanations. See, you cannot study your way into metanoia. Study and argumentation, they can be catalysts to like be a primer for you to want to encounter the person of Jesus Christ, to be open to encountering him. But there has to be a spiritual element. And that spiritual element can only, only, only be brought about by Christ himself. See when we encounter the person of Jesus Christ he calls us by name and we know this from scripture and with that call also comes an invitation and that invitation requires a response we have to RSVP to the banquet of the Christian life we either say yes we're coming or no we're not and if our RSVP our response if that is truly a yes then we return to Jesus with our whole heart our whole mind and our whole soul and here's an important point if you're taking notes highlight this next section or put a star by it or something. Metanoia is not a one-time change of heart or a one-time action. No, it is a constant, it's perpetual, it's a continual change, right? Metanoia is a resolve to be in the business of change for the rest of our life. Hmm. (laughs) So how many of you out there don't like change? I don't like change. And in some things, I am very particular. And this goes for things that I've placed in the refrigerator to my friendships, right? I want things to stay where I put them. I am comfortable with the way that they are. I don't want anything to rock the boat, right? Don't mess with my system. But this way of being impedes progress and it impedes growth. And I know that. And when it comes to the Christian life, the Christian life is a life of constant conversion. And let's be clear, that conversion is only and always led by Jesus. So those of you out there who don't like chains, I see you. You know that your faith has to change to grow. You know that your relationship with God and with the saints have to change in order to grow. But you try to take the lead. I see you because I... (laughs) I know exactly what you're doing because I do the exact same thing. But metanoia is always led by Jesus and we have to let him take the reins because he knows better than us where we need to go and where we're ready to go. However, that being said, we can and we should cooperate with his grace not just in a passive, okay, Jesus, take the wheel kind of way, but we can actively create habits. We can make habitual changes. And so I'm going to offer up three fundamental areas to set up these metanoian, that's not a real word, but um, these metanoian changes, and they are in the heart, in the mouth, and in the mind, right? So we're going to look at how we can set up some good habits to put us on the path for metanoia when it comes to our heart, our mouths, and our mind. Okay, so the heart. The heart is a crazy place. Think about it. It can be a place that contains the best parts of us. The unconditional love one has for their children, the self-sacrificial commitment that one has for their spouse or for their other loved ones, as well as the ability to welcome the Lord and cultivate the virtues, right? Those are some awesome things that the human heart is capable of. But the human heart also has the capacity to contain the worst parts of us, the desire for one's enemy to suffer, one's ability to inflict pain or dominance or domination over another person, and our propensity for sin, the vices, and for spiritual rebellion in general. I heard a priest once say that the best way to experience a conversion of the heart is through heartfelt reception of the Eucharist as often as possible. He went on to explain that when we receive the Eucharist, we're receiving all of Jesus, right? We know this. We're receiving his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity. But that also includes Jesus's most sacred heart. Therefore, we're receiving his heart when we receive the Eucharist. And this is what you would call a spiritual heart transplant. I mean, talk about heavy. You want to have a conversion of heart and then receive the Eucharist in a heartfelt way in order to have that spiritual heart heart transplant with the Lord. So we're going to move on to the mouth. In scripture, we read that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I used to have such a smart mouth. I had a sharp tongue. And let me tell you, I could cut someone down to size with my words if I wanted to. And just thinking about it and saying that it, it makes my heart hurt, but I bring it up to illustrate this point because out of the abundance of my heart that was hurting so much, My mouth spoke words that hurt and words that destroyed and words that could kill. But praise God, I let the Lord heal my heart and remove the bitterness from my tongue. But I, just like everyone else, still should make that metanoian habit, still not a word, but I'm going with it, should still make that metanoian habit where our mouths are concerned. See, we can do this a lot more easily than we think. Two ways to do this. First, we can just speak about God more. It's a lot more simple than you think, right? So you can talk about how the Lord has blessed you. Talk about how great he is just by worshiping him. You can also just explain like what your prayer life is, like how he's communicating to you. Anything, everything that has to do with God. Just speak about that more. Also, we need to practice speaking life-giving words. The best place to find life-giving words is in the scriptures. And in order for us to have the scriptures inform the way that we speak, we need to know the scriptures. Really, all we have to do is read the scriptures every day and it will inform your speech. We were just talking about scripture. Now, scripture is also going to help you with your continual conversion of your mind. St. Paul says that we have the mind of Christ, right? We have to have the mind of Christ. We need to put on the mind of Christ. And we do this by filling it with scripture. We all have memories, and sometimes those memories are not Christ-filled memories. Some of us have suffered abuses of all kinds, addictions, and various wounds, and that includes sin, right? Sins are wounds, and those could have been inflicted by ourselves or by other people. But these are not supposed to stay in our memories. We need to cleanse our memories by offering all of those to Christ as they resurface and come up, and maybe even seek out counseling. It is a good and powerful thing. But nonetheless, when we cleanse those memories from our minds, we have to fill those spaces with something. We can't just leave them empty and void. And so, what we should do is fill them with scripture. Again, if we're reading scripture every day to inform our speech, why don't we also take that time to memorize the scriptures, write one verse per week, and replace those memories that are not life giving with the life giving words of the scriptures? So, to recap, for the heart, we're going to try to receive a spiritual heart transplant from Jesus with frequent reception of the Eucharist. For the mouth, we're going to speak of God more often and we're going to speak life-giving words, especially the words from the scriptures, scriptures from the scriptures which we'll be reading daily. And for the mind, we're going to cleanse our minds by offering hurtful, sinful, shameful, angry, whatever, whatever type of memories that are not Christ filled memories, we're going to offer those to Christ. And then we're going to fill those places in our minds by memorizing scripture verses. Before I go, I want to leave you with a quote from Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Metanoia makes Christians, right? Because you can't be a Christian without metanoia. But then he goes on to also say that the fruit of metanoia creates saints. And I love that because if you've been listening to Clumsy Theosis for any amount of time now, you'll understand and you'll see the resemblance with what he's saying. Basically, that a life of all of these metanoia moments is what we refer to as a life of theosis. And that's it. Okay, I had just had to leave on that one. It just, oh, all right. Did you like this episode? If you did, will you share it with a friend? Send them the information for this episode, however you want to do that, text, email, word of mouth. But in my opinion, the easiest way to share this episode is through the email list that I send out because you can just forward that email. If you are not signed up for that list, head down to the show notes and click the link that says weekly email sign up, or you can go to clumsytheosis.net and click the sign up that is right there on the front homepage, like in the middle of the page. Also, you can find me on all of my social channels. I'm super easy to find on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at clumsytheosis. Follow me there and we can be friends. And if you're following me, you can send me direct messages. Ask me where the email list is if you can't find it. I'm joking. No, but you can ask me anything and give me topic suggestions. I always respond to everyone. Whatever your question is, I am here to help you and to walk with you as we live this journey, this lifestyle of transformation of theosis. So until next week, everybody, peace out.